Welcome to 600 Pixels, a podcast that goes below the fold of the World Wide Web to see how professionals in the industry design and build better digital experiences for everyone. My name is Travis Self, a front-end developer here at LifeBlue. And my name is Caitlin Studley, Director of Culture here at LifeBlue. Today, we're actually sitting down with one of the co-founders here at LifeBlue, Russell Dubree. We're chatting with him about the last 14 years in LifeBlue's history and the evolution of the company and its mission and goals in that time. So let's give it a listen. So today we have the moment we have all been waiting for, our listeners have all been waiting for. We finally have one of the co-founders of LifeBlue on the pod with us. He has been waiting for a while. We have been putting him off because we wanted to make sure we were nice and polished. But today, finally joining us is co-founder and COO of LifeBlue, Russell Dubree. Welcome to the podcast, Russell. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. And I'll forget that it was um, number six or seven. (laughs) (laughs) Do we appear polished to you? I appear very polished. This is the most professional podcast setup I've ever been in. He's been on no is podcast. It the, <laughs> is what this that the means. only podcast setup you've ever been in? Uh, we'll take it. Uh, we'll take it. Whatever. That is totally okay. Yeah. Um, I think many of our listeners have probably uh, been on this journey with us, but maybe don't know a ton about Life Blue, don't know the story. Maybe they don't even know why it's called Life Blue. Today, we're going to tell all. So we're going to start and let Russell talk a little bit about his background and how he came to co-found Life Blue. And then we'll take it from there. Yeah. So, um, gosh, many, many, many moons ago. Uh, uh, actually, you know, I always give the disclaimer that I don't have a background in this industry. There's no particular craft um, <clears throat> in what Life Blue does that uh, that is my particular background. But uh, small town Missouri boy. Um, um, actually, my first career path that I wanted to go on was uh, being a chef. Um, actually, mm. looked pretty hard into that. And then I very remember these words one day, my, my dad looked in at me and said, um, well, you, you got to go to college and culinary school if you want to be a chef. And I was like, eight years of school. Hell no. Uh, what's Unless that? I'm getting doctor money. Yeah, that's exactly that. right. It's like, <laughs> so I got to work nights and weekends and go to school for eight years. All right, I'm going to find something else. Um, so, uh, you could have been the next guy Fieri though. <laughs> could have been the next guy. You me. still can. I, I, There's I, still time. That's right. It's never too late. I mean, I'm, I make some mean, Pancakes and, <laughs> and all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, the, the world, world needs that. I love world, it. World needs more you pancakes. can be the life blue chef. We'll we'll welcome you. I think it could be my retirement job. Love it. There you so, go. Um, so somehow I got on. Uh, you know, I always kind of also loved flight and flying. Uh, so I got on the kind of the the military track. Um, and so that's actually when I graduated high school, went to college at the University of Missouri and joined the Air Force ROTC program uh, with every bit of intention of coming, wanting to become a being a pilot. Um, but uh, other other life uh, things uh, kind of made me see differently on that. So um, I opted out not to be a pilot. Pilots have to serve 10 years um, when they when they graduate and most other professions only have to do four. So I opted for a four year route uh, upon graduation. Um, joined the Air Force, um, did an amazing uh, uh, tour. Uh, my first base was in Oklahoma, and my second base was in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I was <laughs> you globetrotter, uh, you. Yes, I know. I, did I they was, have the the mission accomplished banner for you? When you <laughs> yes, <laughs> when you were done. Yes, yes. So all the commercials for me didn't didn't exactly come true there, um, but uh, I uh, um, 
Anywho, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was never more than four hours from home, period, uh, when, I, when I went to the Air Force. But uh, um, uh, Philip, uh, I had met uh, while I was in college. Um, he was getting his computer science degree, and he's doing all kinds of nerdy computer things. Um, so Philip, for those of you who don't know, is the other founder of Life Blue. Yes. Philip Blackman. Yes, that guy. Who also, Shout out. also happens to be my, my brother-in-law. Um, I married his sister, and that's actually how I met that's met how that Philip. Works, yeah. um, so we'd both kind of had an entrepreneurial knack, and uh, uh, um, and we we tried a couple small things. But one of the things we started, well, he was still in college, and I had just joined the Air Force, was a company uh, called eHitched, um, online company. And that's actually where Philip got a lot of his chops uh, from a development perspective. Um, learned a lot of uh, things as far as design and development. Um, that was kind of his, his guinea pig um, as we thought of new ideas and feature sets to add to the site. And that's what he'd have to go uh, figure out how to build. And uh, um, so eHitched, um, not sure what connotations is the name um, might make you think it is. Um, dating website. It's not a dating website. Dating. It's, uh, it actually, does sound like a dating website. <laughs> yes. Uh, like eHarmony. It's actually a really good name for a dating website. Probably, that's probably what we should have created. Did you sell the domain? That to, yeah, yeah, sure sold that to Match.com. I don't know where the domain is. I'm going to have to look at that too. Change. List of things to do after said podcast. <laughs> um, Show notes. <laughs> But uh, so it was a wedding website. Uh, or the knot was our com- um, our competition, okay. if you will. Um, so it's what I. It was either dating or, or wedding related. Yeah. Um, so we did all kinds of things. I've written written way more wedding articles than uh, than a person uh, that knows nothing about weddings should ever write. <laughs> um, and uh, you know we sold favors. Um, and all kinds of wedding stuff. Mm. Um, it was an okay business. You know, nobody was going to pay the bills or do anything uh, too exciting from it. Um, and uh, but uh, we we did that for a couple of years. And and like I said, Philip um, learned how to code. And about the time uh, Philip and and his wife were graduating, kind of looking at their next phase of life, uh, uh, my wife and family, we were deciding to get out of the Air Force and wanted to find our next homestead and um we had some family that lived down here in in the dallas area and so we decided to come down here and uh philip took a job at a, a, a web development agency here and uh i was unemployed well semi-unemployed i was actually trying to get my series licenses to be um uh, uh, uh like a financial broker person or whatever very poor career choice for me. Um, Sounds pretty boring. All this on top of, I'm a history major at this point with uh, airfield operations or air traffic control and and airfield management was my Air Force specialty and then tried to be a financial advisor when I got out. Renaissance Uh, man. Yeah, something. (laughs) Um, So I was basically unemployed, but uh, uh, Philip comes to me one day and uh, says, um, hey man, uh, you know, I've got this company that contacted me and they want me to do their website and you know it's kind of a conflict of interest my current company can we say you'll you'll build the website and you know you're just kind of the proxy here and i'll go you know build it and everything like that i was like oh sure i don't care man yeah you know just so you don't you know you know mind telling me what how much are they gonna how much are they gonna pay for that and I think he said something like $10,000 and I was you know, mind blown, you know, $10,000, more larger sum of money than I ever seen at one time. And at that point in my life and, um, and, uh, 
And I was like, oh, man, you know, how long is it going to take you? That's got to take you months to get, you know, that kind of money. He's like, oh, it'll probably take me a weekend. And uh, A weekend? Like, yeah. <laughs> was, and uh, But lesson number one learned as I got into this industry that he, all developers are full of shit when they <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> quote you, timelines. Uh, and I'm sure that would have taken months, but, uh, you know, hey. Lesson number two, uh, developers don't take their business ethics courses in college. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they mean really well. And then when they, you know, when they get right. into the dirty of it and it's not quite what they what they thought but uh so it didn't um, take him a weekend well so i don't think we ever actually even did that project but it got the idea enough like hey why are we trying to sell wedding favors when if you can you know take a project on and make that much in a weekend why don't we go build websites um so this was probably late 2006 and uh i, I literally think we probably had this conversation on a, on a friday evening or whatever and by monday morning um we'd stood up a portfolio site um our actual original company name was teneo design you know teneo is the word you pick uh when you're really thinking hard about a business name it's the latin word for perseverance and uh and so we had a flash portfolio site up and running um put a bunch of uh kind of fake fake created sites on there used <laughs> eHitch. It was like our only real, uh, portfolio site. And, uh, uh the company is working with at the time, they actually, uh, sold off, um, all their leads that they didn't want to, uh, work with. And so we put money in there and started buying leads. And by Monday morning, we were, we were calling people trying to drum up business. And yeah, I think we had our first customer within a week and, uh, um, um, and within a couple months, it was enough for Philip to, to quit his full-time gig. Lucky for me, I didn't have anything going on. So, like, hey, let me, easy uh, transition here. Let me put on my two weeks notice to <laughs> yes. myself here. Um, and uh, and such was born what would eventually become Life Blue. When you guys started this thing, did you have any goals in mind, or was it really just scramble to make the money, support your families? Did you have any kind of once you started to realize what this was going to become that it was an actual business? Did you have anything like? oh man, I could see us being this one day or being that, or wouldn't it be cool if we had the capability of this or something like that? Like, did you have an, anything in mind for how you were going to try and design this thing? Or was it really just flying by the seat of your pants? There's no wrong yeah. answer at yeah, all. No, no, there's definitely no wrong answer. But, uh, you know, I, I'd like to say there was some <laughs> clear cut vision and a, and a path and a plan and a five year plan. I mean, you named it Taneo plan. Design. It sounds like you guys had quite a brainstorming we, we, we session did, for that. I did spend a lot of time on the <laughs> name. Um, uh, probably more time than I'd argue today. A company needs to spend uh, uh, time. Companies to spend on the name, but uh, don't lie. You, you guys know, want to impress your clients the, when they were like, "What does it mean?" And you're like, "It's Latin for perseverance." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's a, uh, you know, it was such a whirlwind and, you know, I think, um, you know, Philip, even just having, um, some of that time period is in, in an agency background, you know, it's like, oh, this can be done better. And, and, you know, web development was, especially as a business was, um, still pretty archaic at that time. I mean, heavily leveraged, you know, most, most companies were doing web design and web development. They were old advertising firms that were trying to tack on web or highly tech firms trying to, you know, figure out the design side, um, and so, so there was kind of an opening of, you know, just your pure kind of, um, web design agency like company was, was still, um, kind of an up and coming thing. Um, and, but no, no, no grand plan. Um, we just kind of wanted to do it better. We wanted to do a great job and we wanted to build a lot of websites. Um, and, uh, that's, and it was such a whirlwind from day one that, um, there was kind of no time to really 
uh, you know, uh, take a step back and, and rethink things. So, you know, life flu, you know, we, we kind of tout a lot about our cultures about how important iteration is. I mean, life flu is a, is a company of created by iteration from, from minute one, um, to, to today for sure. When, who was your next hire or did you guys hire one person or did you hire a few people? Like when you decided, yeah. Hey, let's expand this thing and yeah. When, did, when did it become bigger than you and black bigger than yeah, the, so, the family business? You know? Yeah. So it took about, I think about six months into it. Um, we had kind of an abundance of work and, and we were really selling, um, I think a lot of it because Philip's background was heavy in, in back end development and programming. Um, so we're selling a lot of development heavy projects and everything. We gotta, we gotta hire another back end developer. And, um, you know, I think very early on in, in the early years, we were very, uh, um, uh, insecure about our size, just being two people, we, we kind of wanted to be bigger than we were. Um, so we were very intimidated about, you know, how, how, how we're going to get anybody to come work for us. Um, <clears throat> so I think, I don't know, I think monster.com uh, was like the premier kind of job posting service at the time. So we, yeah. we posted a job on there and so it's probably March of 2007. And I remember we, we booked a Saturday one day and we didn't have an office at the time. So we had our first interview at Panera our second interview at, uh, not, I can't even think some, some pizza place and a third <laughs> interview at Starbucks. Um, and we picked the guy that had the interview at Starbucks. Wow. <laughs> he was, a uh, he was, a, cause you guys were caffeinated at the time. He, so. At the time, I believe he was a cashier at Walgreens and did programming on the side. <laughs> wow. Um, lived in Chicago. Um, so he up and moved to <laughs> McKinney, yeah. Texas to join like, Blue for his wow. first official programming job, and uh, uh, yeah, that was Life Blue's first ever hire. That's and now crazy. his name is Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no famous. Um, but you know, like everything else, a company by duration. You know, just from there, it was one or two people per year, and um, um, you know, client base kind of grew along the same pace or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, and truly, truly by iteration. When did it finally start to feel like? in actual business and not just this thing that your wives were entertaining while you guys went off and, you know, met with clients and things like that. Like um, when did you guys kind of finally feel like, Oh man, we're actually a real, like this is real. Yeah. I think it was really quick, you know, into it. I mean, we, we got pretty, you know, um, I don't know what, say, I don't know what official means, but you know, like I said, we had our first team member by within six months, got our first office space within that time period. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, it's pretty quick. Um, and, and we were treating day one, you know, um, we started, you know, we just used a bedroom in Phillips, extra bedroom in Phillips house. And, you know, we had a, we had a, a real phone number running into there, um, back when you know, actually needed a phone for a business. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was from the get go. We, we kind of, kind of had to and and you know i think again kind of back to some of that insecurity which i think drove a lot of good things was um you know we wanted to look professional we didn't want to look like two guys sitting in a in a, in a extra bedroom we you know we we wanted to do professional work we wanted to be professional and, and um we wanted to yeah make sure that people knew we weren't we weren't playing <laughs> playing around Mm-mm. so when uh how did you guys start to shape like your the principles and stuff or like the the approach that you take yeah. To, to building these websites. So, you know, I think the the downside of when you kind of say a company by duration, I think the first few years it was just scramble, you know. Sure. Just, yeah. Uh, uh, chaos. Figuring out who you are and all that stuff. Yeah, all day, every day, and you don't have time to think about the bigger picture. But um, I'd say after two or three years, um, you know, again, this is both of our first real business experience and, and having employees and, you know, managing and leading people in the Air Force was completely different than, you know, um, 
doing that in a, in a business in, in the civilian world. Um, so, you know, that time we, we started to come of age and, and kind of start to develop some philosophies and principles. And I, you know, I think even um, one of the places Philip had come from when, when he was in college um, today um, was a very major company and they're actually very well known for kind of culture and, and some of the things they do where they're at. Um, so I think Philip even kind of got some ideas and philosophy from <clears throat> Uh, from that, and we know we wanted a fun kind of uh, environment. We also knew we wanted to do good work and, and create good things. So yeah, I'd say two or three years into it, um, uh, after some trial by error, and error as well, um, you know, I definitely learned a lot that, you know, culture and, and creating a great company is not something you can force. It's not something you wake up one morning and say, it's going to do. It's it's kind of like exercise. Um, you know, it's, it ends up being a combination of what you do every single day um, and how you approach things and, and how you come to the table. So, um, yeah, I'd say probably 2010, 2011, somewhere is when we kind of started. Like, all right, you know, whatever seriousness I think we started at the gate, it's time to really um, – you know, we want our team to enjoy working here and we want our clients to love us. And I can be honest and say, I think in the first couple of years, that necessarily wasn't always the case, um, unfortunately. And um, We're getting the hot details yeah. here. God, God bless the, the early uh, team members of Life Blue and early clients that um, uh, allowed us to learn with them. Um, you know, some of them definitely got a lot for more than what they paid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some might not have got as what they, all they expected, but, um, you know. The, the, the current clients and team members of Life Blue can thank those that came before them. We have no idea. Yeah. What came before us, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when did, so for anyone who has visited our office, if they walk down the hall and come in towards the kitchen, they'll walk by the Dartmouth Conference Room, which the title, uh, the name of that conference room is a callback to, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the address of the house that you guys first started Life that Blue out of. Yes. Uh, and people uh, walk by it every day just to, <laughs> just to relish in that and the roots of life blue yes uh but inside of that conference room is a big neon sign on the wall and script and it says saving the world from bad design so can you tell us a little bit about why that's on the wall and when that became a core part of culture at life blue yeah, sure. So, yeah, saving the world from, from bad design. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that was around that same time period, kind of the question Travis was asking about, uh, um, you know, when when did it, um, when we start to develop some of those ideas and, and thought leadership, and it was around that time. And I think, you know, I don't, it honestly wasn't by intention initially, but a lot of the clients we would end up working with would, would be nonprofits or um, um, kind of institutions like that. And um, you know, those were the clients you really loved to work with because not only did you feel like you made an impact um, like you would for any other client, but those clients themselves were, were making an impact. I remember very early on, Philip had said that around that time period, you know, it's um, when we were doing the site for UT Southwestern. UT Southwestern. Uh, <laughs> UT Southwestern. <laughs> Please leave that in. Yes. Um, we can't ourselves cure cancer. We don't know anything about that, but... Um, you know, when we're doing that site, we can inspire or, or, or bring on the next person that will. Um, and you know, those weren't just fluffy words. He was saying that it was really true. It's like, Oh, okay. Like I have a part in this. I, I, I am more than just a person for hire to, that builds websites. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's where that methodology kind of started and, and, and really just kind of, again, like all things just kind of iterated over the years. And, you know, it's really cool to see within the last uh, year or so, you know, becoming a B Corp and, uh, um, likewise, our, our website and a lot of our external communications, um, highlighting that even more, which I don't think we even did very well in the, in the early years. And, um, you know, that's a really cool thing to see. 
In your time in the Air Force, did anything that you learned or observed there, has any of that shaped how you've approached culture or even just running a business? Uh, I have no doubt, you know, not that every day I can kind of pinpoint it, but, uh, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of negative stigmas that, you know, come from, uh, kind of military to civilian life. Um, but, uh, um, you know, you know, you know, military is about barking orders and, you know, things like that. And, and I imagine there's parts and times, you know, it's definitely part of basic training, uh, in the military, but, you know, I think it's really an organization where you've never seen a place where so many people care, uh, about each other and, and what they're doing and, you know, their belief systems and, and what they're showing up for every day. Um, and, um, you know, those are the great stories. I mean, you know, if you can see where it breeds from, right, you have people that don't know each other getting kind of moved around every few years and you're kind of forced to make the family out of those that are, that are close to you. And, um, but it is, you know, such a camaraderie and, you know, and then the training, um, I think is, a another aspect, you know, the military is a great organization when it comes to training and not just march left, right, left, right, but, um, leadership training and, and kind of values based, uh, leadership and, um, ethics and, and all those different things that, <clears throat> you know, I think are, um, two big kind of central components in life blue when you talk about, you know, creating a, a uh, great spirits and, and uh, cohesion amongst everybody that works here. Um, and then also understanding how important it is for us to train and invest and, um, make sure that, um, people bring challenged and, and learning, um, when they, when they come to life blue. What do you think one of the most important things that you've learned in your almost what 14 years we're coming up on this fall? 14 years in business. If yeah. you had, if you had maybe even just kind of a couple of things that you've learned that maybe you didn't know going into it, I know that's a huge question, but no. for the benefit of our listeners and just our own curiosity, I'm kind of curious to know, you know, maybe you had some preconceived notions coming into this thinking what it would be and maybe some things that you learned um, on the other side of that. Yeah. Wow. How many hours do we have for this podcast? <laughs> we have eight minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that list is, is miles and miles long. I could probably write a volume of books on uh, all the things, especially from starting from almost no knowledge about business itself, but even knowledge about web design and web development. Uh, I didn't even have that going for me. Um, but, um, it kind of goes back to what I said earlier of, of uh, there, there's no one day you can come in and, you know, especially once you're in a business of any size at all and, and change things, um, you kind of have to throw a marker out ahead of, ahead of you and um, work backwards and kind of figure out what the steps are. And, um, um, you know, it's kind of what they say is, is culture eats strategy for lunch. And I, I've seen that just come true in, in so many ways. And, you know, kind of going back to saying there's, you know, there's a time period when I'm not proud of the culture that, 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 that we necessarily had. Um, and, and then when I fast forward to today, um, I'm, uh, immensely proud of, you know, what I see everybody come up here and come here and show up and do every day. Um, but that's, you know, you know, that's some small things that turn into big things, whether it's Life Blue University or uh, different things like that. And then it's all the people that have come along the way. And, you know, that's kind of like a, a fire. And, you know, it's not for me or Philip or anyone else to control. It's just kind of let it 
let it happen with some boundaries. And, um, and then that's when really amazing things happen. So when you kind of look at life flu today and all the different things where I can kind of pinpoint of different people over the years have contributed and created and uh, made part of life flu, it's like, Oh man, this really is such a, uh, a culmination of, of so many different um, people's contributions. It's really cool. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, that's really got to be high up there is, um, to do a few good things right and consistently and, um, you know, don't try to control too much and, and good things can really, really happen. Um, I probably can't say anything more profound than that. So I might just have to leave that's that one, right. <laughs> leave that one right there. That's pretty good. <laughs> so if you had one, one piece of advice to give to somebody who might be thinking about starting their own business, what would it be? Um, putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, that's a really great question. And, and I wish, I wish we hadn't done so much of this in the early days, but there's a term we use called don't chase the dollar. Um, and you know, I think, you know, especially when you're starting out, it's like any dollar is a good dollar and just, just pay me money and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll mow your grass and do your website. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, so much desperation, um, you know, and if you can kind of just, you know, whatever you got to do to set yourself up to get past, um, making decisions out of desperation. Um, you know, there's some good healthy fear in there as well, but, um, you know, I think you make your best decisions when you kind of got, when you, um, when you know what you're about, you know what you're trying to achieve, you know, who your right customer is, um, you know, who your right team members are, um, and really living by that. Um, it's short-term pain for long-term gain, you know, life blue probably could have been a lot more successful, a lot faster had we maybe adhered to some of those thoughts or, or values, but, um, we had to, we had to learn the hard way a few times. So, um, yeah, if you can make decisions outside of desperation and, uh, and like I said, it, it's always good to, um, have that fuel to need to put food on the table and, and everything like that. But like I said, it can, it can lead you down some undesirable paths at times. So tell us, you mentioned earlier that the company was originally named Teneo Design. Yes. So what's the story behind Life Blue? So, you know, going back to you know, all these things, we'll just point back to how insecure uh, we were. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we, we went, uh, uh, after we came up with the name Life Blue, we, we tried to say, uh, we got we to gotta put a really great story behind this name. And, um, you know, I think we started using, uh, there's a there's a book out there called Blue Ocean Strategy. And we tried to say, you know, Life Blue is about finding the blue ocean and, uh, in <laughs> business. And <clears throat> we'd used the name Teneo Design for a while and, and again kind of saying our, our background was heavy in development. A lot of the work we were doing in development was like we can't we can't have designer name. People just think we're a bunch of designers and you know not table the technology things that we can do. Um, by the way, people every time you say Teneo, they can't understand you. They can't spell it. Um, so it's really a stupid name in general. So we're like, all right, let's change our name. And Sorry so, if anybody else has that company name now. Yeah. <laughs> are, somebody's first there. name is Teneo and he's like, <laughs> like no, it's a beautiful name. He's um, like, oh, I know. No one can spell it. Yeah. I, I, but I get it though. It's kind of like my name. I, I never no say my name. No one can spell Life Blue either smile. though. You would think that wouldn't be they the probably case. I think it's is, more complex than it needs to be, right? Yeah. Um, For the and, record, folks, it's one word, capital L, little oh, b. Oh, well, now we're getting real hot button issues. <laughs> um, yeah. I have strong opinions about this. Yes, right. yes you do. I appreciate them. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Respect the name. 
name. I respect the name. <laughs> but uh, so we're like, all right, well, it's time to change our name. And, you know, I think this is one of the things I think led to a lot of life blue success is we kind of given also some of Phil's background, some people we had connections with. Um, you know, we knew we wanted to kind of invest in our own SEO and organic ranking. We knew we couldn't pay for buying our leads or relying on this other company to get our lead stream. So, you know, where we're going to make our investment from a marketing perspective and, and we chose organic SEO. So, um, like all good things, SEO back then, um, you know, rather than go buy a domain off the shelf, um, we knew we needed, uh, or start out with something that had a little bit of Google juice, um, behind it and, uh, not a large budget. Um, but somehow we culminated this list of 15 to 20, uh, domains that, um, um, that were kind of within our budget and kind of fit our, our SEO requirements. And so I think we just literally kind of sat down and hashed through and lo and behold, lifeblue.com was one of those domains that we could afford and it had some Google juice. And, uh, so that's what we chose and that's how we became life blue. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it, it really speaks to again, what's in the name, not a whole lot per se. Um, just put something out there and, and work with it and, um, don't, don't waste your time, uh, um, muddling with things that maybe don't in the end don't matter all that much so well thank you for giving us the life blue history and kind of the scoop i'm sure many people uh have been just dying to know but now it's helpful that we've got it all on the record so we can share this with folks when they ask us about you know the the legends and the legacy of life blue yeah and then the curtains all peeled back and yeah all the things are all the things are out there this was this was just a sampling i'm sure we will have you back on the pod to Uh, talk more we'll we'll dig into some more of life blue philosophies but we figured we should start somewhere and uh host the guy who helped us get us get this thing off the ground so we're we're glad that you uh believed in our podcast and that you are now a guest on our podcast so We're very glad to have you, and we hope that you'll come back and visit with us again. Absolutely. This is super cool, guys. Thanks. Keep it up. Thank you. Thanks, Russell.